Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. The cool thing about this year is I loved how we started the year at City Hill. We started the year doing a series called Jesus is a Feminist. And we were looking at the angle of how Jesus treated women in the New Testament is so radically different to anyone else at his time. When we think about the New Testament, when we think about culture and society, the way women were treated at the time of Jesus was very, very poorly. They would not allowed, be allowed out and about uh, doing their things. They would have to be under the supervision of their father, kept at home doing chores, and when they got married, under the supervision of their husband doing chores. There wasn't that much freedom. They couldn't be disciples, they couldn't be involved in the discussion on the scriptures, which we'll see today is a bit ironic from the passage we're going to be reading. They couldn't be involved in that conversation, that exploration, they couldn't teach, they couldn't do all those things. They just had to listen and submit to what was said to them. So they, they lived in, in a very, very hard time to be a woman. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't great, there wasn't that many perks. But today is Mother's Day and we celebrate mothers, but we celebrate women as a whole because I've got friends who are amazing women and I think fantastic mothers, even though they cannot have a child, but they're mothering everyone around them um, and being amazing people in their communities and in their friendship circles and in their wider family, you know? So mothers can be such a broad, generic thing. Today we're gonna talk about wisdom. So we're gonna talk about the wisdom of mums because mums have the greatest wisdom. On average, the average mum imparts 41 pieces of wisdom into their child's life. So even if, even if a child doesn't like consciously know that came from their mum, there are values that children live by that are purely there because of their mother's influence on the subconscious level as well as the conscious level. So here are some of mum's greatest hits. So you may have heard some of these yourself from your mum. Always try your best. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. I think every mum on the planet has said that one. Well, my mum, my mum, the thing I always remember my mum saying is when I was a kid and I wanted to take something to school, a toy or something, she'd say to me, you'll lose it, you'll lose it. It was like the most powerful prophetic word known to man. <laughs> if I took that toy out of that house after my mum said, you'll lose it, it's gone. Even in my adult life, I'm afraid to take things out of my house. Every day I'm going to Eden when she wants to go to preschool. Hey Eden, leave that toy behind, you'll lose it, you'll lose it. It comes out everywhere. Here's some top 10 mum-isms. Why? Because I said so, that's why. We've all heard that one. I'm going to give you unto the count of three. It's always three. They never need any more numbers, it's always three. It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. We've heard that one plenty of times. I don't know is not an answer. I would never have talked to my mother like that. Yeah, right. That's not even believable. I don't believe that in any way. I would never talk to my mother like that. Oh, yeah, shall we ask her? Let's call up Gran. Um, I'm not running a taxi service. You pretty much are. You pretty much are. I think every mum has, has been the taxi service at some stage, and dads as well, I guess. But, yeah, mum, dads are the ones who end up just going with it, I think, whereas mums are the ones who are like, I'm not running a taxi service. I've got things to do, people to see, places to be. If everyone jumped off a cliff, would you too? It's that great mum question that just hangs in the air and you're thinking as a kid, I don't know, maybe I would. Um, you know what I mean? You, you flow through that. 
Someday, your face will freeze like that. I don't even understand that one. Everyone's heard it, but I don't even get it. Like, as a kid, I would think like, really? It will freeze like this? I better make sure it's a good pose. Um, it hurts me more than it hurts you. Everyone's heard that. It hurts me more than it hurts you. The, the, the comeback you want to say to that is just like, well, if so, it really hurts me, so let's not do this anymore, you know what I mean? Because if it's hurting you more, geez, that's a lot. And um, yeah, so, you know, but we could, we could talk about different mumisms and the things that they say again and again and again, and so many good, honest values in how we live our lives, we may think are us, but actually come down to amazing things that our mums put into us. And uh, my favorite of all of them, though, my favorite of all is, one day you'll thank me for this. Like, I don't know when that one day's coming. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever had that one day when they've just got that, that whooping. I don't know if they've ever gone back to their mom and said, Mom, remember that day where you just gave me that whooping? I just want to thank you so much because I can just see that as such a key turning point in my life. It's just, it's just, it was an epiphany. You beat an epiphany into me. You know what I mean? No one says it, but one day you'll thank me for this. But then when we talk about mother's wisdoms, we have to then look at conventional wisdom. And so conventional wisdom is how society really runs and governs itself because as a mass, like democracy is all about shared values, shared beliefs, shared views, shared rights, shared wrongs. So we all agree that this thing is wrong, therefore in society it becomes unacceptable. We all agree something's right in society, so it becomes acceptable. This is called conventional wisdom. But conventional wisdom is just used to what's there. It's not always progressive, it's not visionary in any way, shape or form. And I just wanna prove that to you with a couple of quotes. This telephone has too many shortcomings to be seriously considered as a means of communications. The device is inherently of no value to us. Western Union Internal Memo, 1876, after Alex Graham Bell offered to sell them the rights to the telephone. Heavier than air flying machines are impossible. Lord Kelvin, President of the Royal Society, 1895. Everything that can be invented has been invented. Charles Duell, US Office for Patents Commissioner, 1899. I mean, you think in that position, you see enough patents to know there's still stuff coming through. But hey, that, that was actually legitimately said. Airplanes are interesting toys, but of no military value. A French military strategist had to be French, didn't it? Because I mean, let's be honest, their, their tanks only have reverse. Um, anyone who expects a source of power from the transformation of the atom is talking moonshine. That's one of my favorites. But yeah, that's pretty much where the vast majority of the planet's power comes from nowadays. Gonna throw that one out there. That was Lord Rutherford. He was a scientist and a winner of the Nobel Laureate in 1933. I think there might be a world market for maybe five computers. Maybe five. I think maybe worldwide, internationally, five computers. That was Thomas Watson, the chairman of IBM in 1943. My personal absolute favorite, it will be gone by June. It will be gone by June. Variety magazine, 1955, referring to rock and roll. It'll be gone by June. They are still selling out tours with rock and roll. It is still rocking and it is still rolling all over the world. So conventional wisdom isn't all it's cracked up to be. So if you're gonna live your life based on what the masses around you agree on and believe, it won't necessarily be visionary and it won't necessarily be beneficial for you. So when we think of the mother's wisdom and the great value that they had, 
to our, add to our lives, conventional wisdom, which sometimes can be really helpful, you know, conventional wisdom says certain things are dangerous and we all agree they're dangerous and it saves lives, that's great. But conventional wisdom isn't the be all and end all. But then there's God's wisdom. And God's wisdom is personified. It's spoken of as a person. And God's wisdom is spoken of as a woman. God's wisdom is spoken of as a woman. Proverbs 1, verse 20 to 23. If you want to read on the app, you read the same translation as me. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you and make my words known to you. I love it. The wisdom of God is a woman calling out to all people and I believe that same wisdom is still calling out to you and I today but to truly teach what wisdom is what the writer in Proverbs does that is truly brilliant is it doesn't just show us what wisdom is it shows us what foolishness is a few weeks back we we looked at what Paul did in Corinthians and he kind of mirrors this because when he talks about what love is in Corinthians 13 we hear the chapter at weddings all the time he says what love is but he also says what love isn't He says what we are when we have love, and he says what we're left without when we don't have love in our lives. He doesn't just paint the picture of having love, he paints a life without love. And in this passage we're going to read in Proverbs, two chapters, we're going to find out what a woman looks like and how she speaks that has wisdom, and then we're also going to see what a woman looks like and how she sounds that's a fool. So Proverbs chapter 8. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice on the heights beside the way? At the crossroads she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. I love that. Because that is so a woman. A woman is always crying out to the children, to the offspring, trying to shape the future, trying to shape a new world. Because we get so set in conventional wisdom and in our ways that often we're not willing to listen and to change our values and to change the way we see the world and to change our behaviours that are ingrained because of our values that she's speaking into the next generation. That's what mums do so well. They start preparing the next generation with these amazing, amazing um, words of wisdom and so I think for each and every single one of us one of the key things that we have to do is we have to be like mums we have to be like we have to be wise not always trying to um, throw our wisdom before those that are set in their ways but looking at how we can shape and how we can mould the world around us here for I speak of noble things From my lips will come what is right. From my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. I mean, that was something that I read. And as I was reading that in Proverbs chapter 8, the thing that started to hit me was I started to think like, you know what? I don't feel like wickedness is so much of an abomination to me anymore. I'm not too sure that I feel like when I see stuff that's not right, 
I feel that affected by it. I feel like maybe I'm not as wise as I thought I am. Maybe I'm a little bit foolish. And today I think one of the big questions that should, we should ask of ourselves is how we feel about wickedness, how we feel about evil. And not just how we feel, but how we act. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and the right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you, you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. That's, that hit me because the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the beginning of wisdom is to hate that which is evil. And when I started to think about that as a, as a kind of a, a paradigm and a way of looking at the world, I started to realize, wow, wow, I really am not very wise. I'm really missing out on God's wisdom because at the moment, if the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, and to fear God means to hate evil. And yet I've come to a place where I don't hate evil so much. That's a worrying thing for me. Psalm 1 talks about this amazing picture of someone walking on a journey and they're going along a walk with God. And there comes a point where they start to walk in the way of sinners. And then it says they stand in the way of cynics and then it ends with them sitting with the seat of scoffers. What happens is you start off walking with God along a journey. And then what happens is through sin, you start walking a slightly different way, but then you get so comfortable and used to it that everything about God and what's good becomes ambiguous and you find yourself standing still with the cynics like, oh, what does it really matter? Who really cares? What's really right? What's really wrong? And then you go from a cynic to sitting completely comfortable at peace, leisurely now in the place of scoffers who just mock those who try and do good. You go, oh, look, goody two-shoes, da 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 saying all these type of things. Oh, you'll never really change anything. You'll never really change your community. You'll never really change your family. You'll never really change gender inequality. You'll never really change racial inequality. There's always gonna be racist. You're never gonna change greed and world suffering. It's always gonna be there. Scoffers. And that's where you end up when you stop pursuing godly wisdom. That's when, where you end up when you stop fearing God. That's where you end up when you stop hating evil. Proverbs 9. Wisdom has built her house. She has her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beasts. She has, has mixed her wine. She has set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest place in the town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come, eat of my bread and drink of my wine that I have mixed. Leave your simple, foolish ways and live and walk in the way of insight and wisdom. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will still be wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For me, for by me, your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life through wisdom, through honoring God. Years will be added to your life. That's without healthcare, that's without medical insurance. Years will be added to your life. Let me tell you something about years. Years you can't buy. 
years you can't buy. You can't add years to your life. You can't do it. But by wisdom, by fearing God and hating evil, you add years to your life. You want to know one thing? People were talking about stress. I was listening to people talk about stress recently and how it causes pain in your back and causes so many different things. Anxiety eats away at your bones. A guilty conscience, it eats away at your body. All these things, they're not just spiritual things, they're not just emotional things, they're not just psychological things. It comes out in your body. It comes out in your actions. Living with constant stress. I know that because I've worked with some of the most vulnerable young people, not only in London, but on the planet. And what happens is while they live in a constant state of anxiety is it releases chemicals within their brain and adrenaline to get them through the situation. Adrenaline is great because it gets you through the situation. But when you live there constantly in that place, you lose the ability to learn. That's the damage it does to the brain and to the body. You lose the ability to learn. That's what happens. People talk about fearing God like it's a a wishy-washy thing, but it's a place you end up where you lose the ability to learn. It's a place where you end up where you become a part of the problem instead of a solution. It's a place you end up where you no longer hate things that are evil and cruel and abusive, and you're just like, what the heck? What does it matter anyway? And that is why wisdom is a woman, and that is why we celebrate mothers today, because mothers will say what's good for their child regardless. A good mother will always just say what's best for their child regardless. They will always do their best. They get it wrong. They make mistakes. No mother is God. But that's what they commit to. Now, the way of folly in verse 13 of chapter 9. The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest place of the town, calling out to those who pass by who are going straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. And he does not know that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. She's there just as a temptress. She's there just to lead someone astray. She's there just to trap people. She's She's just out to entrap. And that's what foolishness is. And what I love about this passage is when we look at chapter 8, we see what wisdom is. And in chapter 9, we see what foolishness is, which is the absence of this wisdom. And that is such a key thing in life. And the reason it's such a key thing in life is because you can spend your whole life trying to pursue wisdom and what is good. And the problem that you will have as you pursue wisdom is that you'll be focused on that. But then you're pursuing wisdom, which is this. But then all of a sudden, as you're going along about your life, that appears. But you don't know what that is, so you'll be more inclined to turn aside and see what that is because you've not inquired about that. And so you end up being trapped by something that's foolishness because you're not in the know. Man, when I look back and I look at this generation, I look at kids today and I think about my own generation with how the internet, the way things that work today, the, the things that are out there that can trap young people and can get them in that place, the things that are shouting from their gateways. The, the gateways to the city were key places in, in, in their lives where they would come and go and people would be crying out, trying to push you a certain way to make money out of you, to lead you to a political view or, or, or power or to, or to sway you. I think about our young people in the gateways and what are, are crying out to them. I think about the traps that are waiting for them and it is scary. It is scary. And the important thing about wisdom is wisdom is like a mum. Wisdom wants what's best and loves their kids and wants to protect and wants to guide them. And godly wisdom is something that we have to pursue to protect ourselves, but to protect our communities, to protect our families. Because people 
are pushing agendas that are based around profit margins than anything else. They don't care about people as long as the profit margin is there. People are pushing all sorts of ideals and ideologies. One of the things I want to say from this last passage where it talks about being like this seductress is one of the biggest dangers that we have that's going to rob society is a lot of men growing up and teenagers are not going to be able to see what a godly woman looks like. They're not going to be able to see what wisdom looks like because their understanding of what a woman looks like is going to be defined to them by, by por pornography and seeing things that they've experienced online to define who a woman is and what they should want above what is wisdom and what is truth. Today as we celebrate mothers, today as we celebrate the women in our lives, the good role models that we have, I want us to remember not just God as father, but the element that God's wisdom plays, which is feminine in the Hebrew tradition. That we appreciate the feminine nature of God because God isn't masculine, God is outside of gender but he chooses to reveal different characteristics of himself in the scriptures through the different genders that we live by and understand. And his wisdom is feminine. And he wants to make us aware of the traps and the dangers around us. I'm gonna pray for us for today, and that'll be if this week. We've got a few other things we're gonna do. We've got an amazing artistic piece, but I'm just gonna pray for us now, and then we're gonna move along. Father, I thank you that you freely gave of yourself. I thank you that if any man lacks wisdom, your word says, let him ask of God who will give in abundance and will give freely, who will give quickly. I pray that you would bring wisdom into our lives. I pray you would help us to see that which is foolish in our life that is there to entrap us and to hold us back and to keep us captive. I pray that you would release us from the things that have defined right and wrong for us. I pray for some of us, Lord, who like in Psalm 1, have started just to walk in a way of sin. I pray that we'd come back to you. I pray for those of us who are now standing in the way of a cynic where we're pretty skeptical about everything. I pray that you'd start to bring faith into our lives because faith is the only way to please God and it's a good way to live healthy and positive and be whole. And I pray for those of us, Lord, who maybe have become so ambiguous with everything that we've started to just scoff and all we ever say about things is laugh and mock at the things of the groups and the people we disagree with, regardless of whether they're good or not. I just pray that you would help us to be people that are influencers in sharing wisdom because wisdom protects and wisdom keeps us healthy. In Jesus' name, amen. So, there are two things that are gonna happen. The first thing is Jamelia is gonna share a piece of poetry or spoken word, whichever, because she's multi-talented. It could be either one of those two things, but Jamelia, you never know. She holds up left hand, hits you with the right. So Jamelia's gonna share with us, and then after that, we've got some, some guests that we'd like to, to give to the ladies here today. Jamelia. We really hope you enjoyed today's message, and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london.